Welcome to Tea Time with Shaylee and Amber, the podcast where we talk about all the shit that your horse wants you to know and what you can do about it. Amber is a horse trainer and a personal results coach, certified in Theta and Semitic Breathwork. Shaylee is an animal communicator who also teaches communication. Both knowledge seekers with the intention of sharing that knowledge and hoping that we can encourage the listeners to do the same. Welcome to episode 18. This episode, we've got some awkward first date vibes. We, in this episode, call ourselves and everyone else out on the struggles of time-space reality, time management, biological clocks, getting old, and all of the stressors society has roped us into believing related to time. So if you guys are ever interested in going deeper with any of the topics of our podcast, we have our membership, Shaylee and Amber's Tea House, and all of the information is in the show notes. All right, see you guys in the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. If you missed last week's episode, we talked about our belief systems. Amber told us a fun story about walking her horses extremely slow, which was actually very relevant for a lot of people, I feel like. Um, we talked about some of the labels that we might label ourselves and our horses. And there was just a bunch of little good like tidbits in there. So if you missed it, check it out. Um, today we're on an awkward first date. <laughs> um, we are actually recording this pod super early in the morning for both of us right now. And we kind of sat here and we're like, oh, what are we going to talk about? We, we only have a short amount of time. So we might talk about like our belief systems around time and feeling like we don't have enough time. I actually had a client the other day that, um, I was doing a one-on-one like after our class and she was like, I just, I don't think I can do this because you're so young and I'm not young and I'm just now starting out. And I'm like, it's crazy how so many, I feel like it's mostly a woman thing, which is kind of weird. Right. But like, we do feel like we run out of time, running out of time to have kids, running out of time to like get married and do all the things. And it's like such a, like such a weird space to be in. Maybe we should start with that. Yeah. Your biological clock is ticking. (laughs) What? Why are we given a fucking clock? Like the moment we like hit puberty. (laughs) I know. Seriously. And I, I feel like, um, I have so many, it's like that in the horse industry too, where I have a lot of people that are like, should I retire this horse? Like they're 20, they're getting older and the horse still feels like very good in their body. It's so funny retirement to me, how there's like this finality, like you're supposed to like work, you know, work your whole life. And then it's like, yep. And then you're retired and you can just start your process of withering away. Like, why do we feel the need to have this retirement? And then we have people who are like, well, I can never be retired or I want to retire from this job, but then I'm always going to have to have like a side job. Like my husband, he has a plan for after he like quits his current job, he's like, I'm going to do this. And like, people will ask me all the time, like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, what do you, when I'm too old to talk, like, I like, (laughs) I don't have have a plan or a 401k, like, why is there this concept of like running out of time? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I feel like it's like a huge thing. And I always feel like the way that we're conditioned to be is like why the horse industry is obviously the way it is because it's developed by humans. You know what I mean? And you look at even 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, it's like 
the way school is, is just set up for you to go, okay, now you're in first grade, now you're in second grade. And if you haven't learned this and you're behind and then you don't want to get held behind in school. So it's like from the time we're like tiny, we're giving these like milestones that we need to reach and then made to believe that if we don't reach said milestones, that there's something wrong with us. And it's wild, but I think that is why things are the way they are. And it's like a lot of unraveling and deconditioning that needs to be done because it gets so pulled into our sessions with our horses, like when we're riding and we're working with them, you know, and people are working around their like rigid work schedules (laughs) and, um, and it puts so much pressure on the time you spend that it completely goes against the point of being with your horse and being able to like hear the lessons that they're trying to like share with you, you know, and have that connection that people want. It's like, you're missing that because you're so, you know, so, um, so focused on like, this is how much time I have. If we don't get X, Y, Z done in this time, then it means insert belief system about self or horse (laughs) or life in general. (laughs) It's so crazy. It is crazy. And it's so interesting to me that like, as we get older, we are more fearful, like as a collective, like, it's so crazy. Like, oh, we have a fear of falling. We can't do the things that we used to do. And so we become scared of certain movements and certain things. And I'm like, how much of this is like, what we just tell ourselves on a daily basis because I know someone who is like in his seventies and he's like racing dirt bikes. Like he's like doing great, like racing dirt bikes. I know someone else who's in there who is, I I think he's like almost in his seventies and um, he's running marathons. And then I have people who I know that have such limiting beliefs that they're like losing their ability to walk. They're losing their memories there. And it's like all these things that, that they, I feel like it's a cumulative of like what we have told ourselves and like what society has told us. Like, as you get older, you're more prone to this disease and that disease. And maybe, and part of it, I think is like a financial thing too. Like the freaking mesothelioma commercials and like oh like do you <laughs> have you been predisposed to this because everybody knows 65, about that commercial is it weird that like I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that <laughs> oh my gosh like, you could be compensated so I feel like that like plays such a big role but we're like conditioned to become so fearful and I think about that like all the time. I was actually going for a walk yesterday after my sessions. And I had like, normally I will do like two short sessions and one long one, but I had like two shorts and two longs yesterday. And I was like telling myself like, man, you're so tired. You're so tired. Like these sessions make you tired. This was so long. You're so tired. And as I'm walking, I'm like, why am I saying that? I feel great. Like, why have I conditioned myself to feel tired after my sessions? And I'm, I had to like snap myself out of it. Like, what am I doing? But it's so insane how like your brain, like you can tell it something and it like believes it's real. Like, it's like, yep, this is true. We're tired right now. Like this is the thing. Um, so that's why I feel like we keep talking about belief systems in our podcast, but it's literally like the holy freaking grail. Mm-hmm. 
It is because the moment you tell yourself something, your body physically reacts with the appropriate chemicals for said belief or story. And the beliefs are just the thoughts you keep thinking. You know what I mean? Whether you're conscious of them or not. And it's wild because that is totally a thing. Like how much more longevity and vitality could we have as like a culture if we weren't constantly feeling like we're running out of time and getting older and there's like all these things that are going to happen when that happens. It's like, I wonder what would have happened. I feel like it's too late now. <laughs> we're too far in. But like, I wonder what would happen with if this story was the older you get, you know, the more flexible you become or the more, you know, the stronger you get or the more, free, you know, like if there was a totally different story as a collective about what it was to age, I wonder what, you know, I wonder how much longer we would live. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's pretty crazy because I feel like everything you hear is like, oh, getting old sucks. Like, you know, it and I think of like my dad because my dad has never believed that. Like he's always he's never said like, oh, getting old sucks or like we're running out of time or whatever. He's always like, oh, I'm young, man. Like he's got like this hippie vibe and he's like so young like going out to concerts like doing all these things and he just like believes that like he's aging gracefully and I um I have a friend who just had a kid and she's like older she's like on the back end of she might almost be close to her 40s now and she was like I've chosen to like remain super freaking naive throughout this pregnancy like it was like her first pregnancy um, she was like, I didn't read books. I didn't look at anything. I had a super normal pregnancy. It was great. Don't even remember the pain, like all this fear that was meant to like, you know, to freak me out or whatever, like had an at-home birth was totally fine. And it's just like, it is, you know, we're talking about giving our power away. Like we give our power away when we like succumb to this fear. And she's like, my body was made to do this. And like, if you tell yourself that and you know that it was, it will be. <laughs> yeah, totally. And even that, like to think about what the eight, normal age range for someone to have a child, well, there are so many people even in their forties that are having kids. And I don't know if it's because the generation that was, was like so focused on going to college, having a career, being an independent woman, you know? And so all of a sudden these women are like, wait a minute, I wanted kids, you know? So it's happening later. I remember with my older son, I was always really young at school around all the moms. Like I was like, what the heck? Like I was 26. So I guess it was a little bit young, but I still felt like super young. And then, but now I like have people that I see that have just had kids and I'm like, oh, you're in your forties and they didn't have any problems. It was totally fine. But you think about what a, I want to, I don't want to say better, but like if I just was having kids now, like the quality of like parenting that I could probably have given much better. And I do understand, you know, but it's the same thing. Like, are we running out of, you know, we're obviously running out of eggs. Like we only have a certain amount, right. But the quality of them, like, is it because we are saying constantly, Oh, I'm getting older and I'm stressing out about how my eggs are going to get old and you need to take them out and save them somewhere else like your body's not good enough to do it <laughs> it is it's wild time is a crazy thing and yeah and I just wonder how how many things could be so completely different if we had different stories as like a whole collective but I guess like we're here now and we're dealing with what we're dealing with um I think about a client that I do have it's interesting 
that um, she has a few horses and she just retired, um, but she still has this running, like I'm, I'm, and we even talked about this in our last session. It was like, I'm, you know, time, time, time. And I was like, you need to go. You're retired now. You need to go for a weekend and legit, like, don't know where you're going Just start driving you and your husband and be like, we don't know, like go to vacation, sit there, don't have a plan, like know that you have like 48 hours and be in the space of there's nothing to do. There's no time frame. There's just, and let yourself experience it because I had asked her, have you ever gone on vacation and just had nothing to do? And she was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> and I was like, so it's like this experiencing the sensation of no timeline. You know what I mean? I think that I've moved into that space because my beliefs around our souls, you know, so I don't feel like, yes, my physical body may be, you know, timing out at some point, but like my soul is just this continuous thing that, you know, is journeying through and having these experiences. And, and I know now like every lesson I have or everything that I experience in this lifetime, like I get to carry it forward. It's not all like lost as soon as you die, you know, so it doesn't feel like it's for nothing. And so I think that's the piece that continues to make me feel like I'm super young. Like I don't identify, <laughs> I don't identify as someone in their forties. I like it. I don't even, I, from what I was told it was supposed to be like, like, I don't know. I like, like I was telling you before, like some of my best friends are literally turning 30 this year. Oh, you're turning 30. Like, and my friend Maya, <laughs> like, every, like, it's so weird. And I'm like, I hang out with, you know, and we go out and we do stuff and I'm like, oh, and it's like, why do we, I don't know. It's wild, but I feel like I just don't have that in my head that age is a thing. And it probably was for my grandfather who used to say I'm 39. And he literally every birthday he had, he was 39 and he would be like, what are you talking about? I'm 39. Like that was the age that he stopped at and stayed at and like continued to talk about for as long as I knew. <laughs> so maybe that's part of why I'm the way I am. <laughs> that's so funny because my mom has always been 29 and holding. She's always like 29 <laughs> and holding. <laughs> she's gonna be younger than me this year <laughs> oh it's so weird but it's crazy to think about how the horse industry could change if we all had that thought process too like I think you know I have thoroughbreds they get started when they're two and like their bodies are totally like my horse I have taken such good care of him but he has like damage to his body that happened at a young age and like it just kind of sucks to think of like how they could thrive a little bit longer if they weren't, you know, worked so hard at such a young age, or if we didn't have, I mean, I feel like it's not just in racing. It, there's a lot of, you know, equestrian sports that work them super young and want to get them going so that they can have like a career when their bodies are like young before they fall apart. But it's like, well, if we would nurture them while they are young and like really take care of them, they could be competing like well into their teens or who knows, like maybe even later. But we yeah. have this concept that we can like start them early and then they're like broken down and yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because I think about I started horses when they were two year olds, like when I first started, because it was just like and it never occurred to me to pay attention to whether or not a horse looked like it was ready or not. It was just like people brought me their horses because they were two year olds. And I would do the things that you do to two year olds because that's what my job was and that's what I knew. 
but um oh, I had something good to say about trainers and it floated away I was like oh and then it's gone because it's oh, no. so what about weaning too, though? Because like, uh, it would be so cool if horses could just be like weaned a little bit later in life. And I feel like I have a little bit of like a different perspective because I have my friend with six Mustangs and she, her horses talk about their moms all the time and how one horse was with his mom until he was two. And like, it's just so devastating for them, even from a human perspective, like I talked to this young horse the other day that was like, man, I had a really hard time like being weaned. And she was like, well, that's weird because I just moved him to a different field and he was totally fine. Ate grass, wasn't worried about it, whatever. And I'm like, well, just because they don't show like outwardly signs doesn't mean that their like inner being feels okay with it. Like, it's just kind of like they've accepted what's going on and they have no control over it. And the weaning process kind of makes me sad. Like just thinking of how long human babies get to be with their moms. And I've been watching elephants and like elephants stay, you know, like they stay in the family unit forever. Like there's so many, if you look at other animals, like there are so many whales, like they all stay with their families and they stay with their moms and they all take care of each other. And it's sad to me that like horses, like, they know when they're being bred, they know when they're being bred as part of like the industry, like from my experience in animal communication, like they know when their babies are being bred to get sold and they carry that energy with them, like while they're pregnant, like they're stressed about that. Um, and then they know they're going to be taken away. So, so it's just kind of sad that it happens. So like, why does it have to happen so early? <laughs> right. Yeah. It is strange. And I feel like I feel like it's like such a bar stretch for, <clears throat> to think about like, how could this all change? But I do feel like the conversation has changed around it. And I know what I was going to say about the trainers. It's like, when you think about it like that, like for me as a young trainer, I just didn't know. Like, I just didn't know. It wasn't something anyone was talking about. I was just doing what everyone else was doing. But you have a lot of trainers that I, that reach out to me and they're like, well, how do I have this conversation of to my clients that I want to shift into doing more of, you know, what you're doing, like, or more of like paying attention to what the horse actually needs. And my clients aren't here for it. They just want results. And I'm like, you have to be willing to say no. <laughs> and it's so easy for me now because I just go, well, look, like it's right in front of you. Why would I, as a trainer, someone who's being looked at as an authority in you know, some realm of something tell you to continue doing something that is harming your horse. It seems so simple to me to have that conversation with clients now, but there are so many trainers that struggle with it. Like, how do I, like almost how do I defend what I'm, what I want to do? And I'm like, you just point them right at the body and go, your horse is in such dysfunction. Why would we continue doing this? Like it's, so I guess it's like that level of understanding that I got over the last year about the body and sometimes I look at them and I'm like, they're so fragile. And then I have to really take myself out of that because I literally am like, I need, you're just like this little fragile being and you're going to break it any minute. Your little nervous systems and your tendons. And I'm like, oh, it's so ridiculous. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Somewhere in the middle, Amber, somewhere in the middle, like, but you know what I mean? It's like, once you understand so much of it, it's like, 
I feel like educate yourself as a trainer and then just have the conversation and be like, that's crazy. Cause how could anyone, I guess it's just the clients that I get now because I haven't had to have that conversation in a way where I feel like I'm defending what I'm doing with the horse. You know what I mean? Like I have horses that I bring in that I don't ride for a long time. So I'm like, why would I get on them? Like I can develop them from the ground without being at the end of the day, me being on them is going to slow that process down anyways, because on top of them trying to build themselves up, then I'm sitting on what I'm trying to build up. Like it's just common sense. You know what I mean? But it's so interesting that so many people struggle with like that piece of it. We're like, what am I supposed to say? And I'm like, you just tell them <laughs> it's like, it's right there. <laughs> I know that goes back to like the boundaries thing too. And just like being able to be strong in like your power and have boundaries. And, um, well, that's why I was telling you at the beginning that like, I'm on an awkward first date with all of my horses because I am really trying to step into like what do they want to do and my horse that I've had for like almost 11 years now like he has been with me through all of my transitions and all of my like major shutdown moments where I just was like I don't feel anything and I was copycatting everyone that was around me and I was forcing him into lessons and using whatever bit whoever else said and whatever saddle whoever else said and so I was really like not listening to like my inner being. And, um, it's kind of cool. It's come full circle now because I like really am truly trying to listen to him. But I was telling Amber, like before we got on this call that sometimes I get into the arena and like, I want to do like clicker training or something with him. And we like get there. I I take the halter off. He rolls. And then I'm like, so how's it going? (laughs) Like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, is my skill set like, so low that I just don't know what to do with him anymore or am I just so complete within myself and just knowing that like he's safe and he's happy to hang out with me and like I don't know I'm in such a strange place with my horses right now because I don't want to do anything with them like it's like my agenda is gone now so now I'm like well what do I do and it's not that I'm not like riding them like I'll get on and and do some work if I'm inspired to do it I guess what I would say is like I'm going more based off of inspired action now so like if I'm inspired to ride I'm like I know this is coming from a place of like connectedness with both of us or maybe I'm walking them like through the woods or whatever but it's just so funny how like my energy has shifted because I used to be on that timeline where I was like we're running out of time. You're going to get older and you're not going to be fit. The older you get, the less muscle you're going to have. I got to make sure that like, you know, whatever, whatever. And I had all these concepts of like what I had to do in a time frame. Our relationship is not getting any younger or whatever. And now I'm just like, well, this is awkward. You don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. So I guess this is where we are. <laughs> it's so good. I, and I was just having, I was just having this conversation. We have our pastures sort of separated and we have this, like, I'd say like middle-aged men, you know, like in, in human life, it would be like your twenties, maybe in your early thirties where they're all like partying and kind of like <laughs> going out. And, but our pasture that has all of our like 20 and overs, a retirement pasture, they are rowdy 
they are rowdy and they are rowdier than any other pasture. And they're not super, like some of them aren't super sound. Like they run around like peg legs, you know, and they're, but they're so happy. <laughs> and I'm like, they don't know that they're in the retirement pasture. You know what I mean? So it is interesting that, you know, that piece is like, we just literally had that conversation because you always hear like the thundering hose and I'm like, it's the, it's the old men. <laughs> they're wild. <laughs> So it's like not holding the energy of that when you're going to work with your horse, your more mature horse, you know, because I meant, I even think about like the way that I work with my horses and who's older and the stories that I have about my horses affects like what I do with them. And it's just so wild to, to know how much control we have over that stuff as far as like our thoughts and our beliefs. But like how little we actually implement it and to create like a reality that we would, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. But I mean, I guess a lot of it is not knowing or maybe not believing that you can have such an effect on your like everyday existence with your horses, but it's a process. <laughs> so what would we tell people who are stuck in this time space reality and feel like they don't have enough time they're running out of time like what do we tell people that are in the shit right now (laughs) usually I lead people on this like little digging journey around time to find your beliefs around time is usually the most effective thing to do because that is something that you can actually look at and shift and then you sort of ask yourself like is this true where it's like if you kind of think about, okay, what am I saying right now? Like, what are the words, the spells that are coming out of my mouth when I'm with my horse and like identifying that pattern being like, oh, come on, we don't have time or hurry up. We got to get here. We got to do, I am the worst with my kids. Hurry up, hurry up. I'm always telling Johnny to hurry up. Anyways, I was like, whoa, talk to yourself. Um, And And so it's like, what is the actual phrase that you use when you're sharing that space with your horse, you know, or the thought that you keep thinking in that space, even if you set aside a special session just to do it and, and take that question, like, you know, um, and start to ask, like, what happens, you know, if we run out of time, you know, well, if we run out of time, you know, I'm not going to be able to get the things accomplished that I wanted to get accomplished. Okay. What if you don't, you know, what if you don't get those things accomplished? Well, if I don't get my, if I don't get my horse showing being the accomplishment, then it means I've wasted all of this money and all of these years. Okay. Well, what happens if you did, what happens, you know, what is wasted all your years and your money look like? Oh, well, it looks like, you know, I, um, what's the point of me? And it usually, usually you can go boiling down to I'm not enoughness will always be at the base of that stuff, but you can kind of try to, what's the word I'm looking for? Clump it is not the word I was looking for. It was the word that wanted to come out. Try to get all the way to like the root of the belief, you know, like the definitely the worthiness piece that I'm not enough. Like I haven't proven myself, you know, and it will always usually go back to either generationally or when you were younger, if you had that instilled in you, like love is conditional, acceptance is conditional. So then all of a sudden you're putting conditions on your own life and your horses. It's like, 
how can I be more unconditional in this moment? It's just so you can be present and enjoy it. And I feel like that practice of that, you know, is it true that if I don't go show my horse successfully, that it means that I'm a waste of a life, <laughs> you know, no, like that's crazy, you know, but sometimes you have to like hear it separately from like your unconscious running programming. You have to like take it separately and go, oh, wait a minute, let me really look at what I'm saying to myself right now. And then ask myself, is this actually accurate or am I just willy nilly <laughs> off of you know, whatever. And I, I think that that's just fresh in my mind because I just spent last night writing the page for the virtual mirror session. Cause that's really what we're, what we did in that session. It was like, wait a minute, what are you saying to yourself? And is it accurate? You know, and if you didn't have these beliefs, what would your life look like? You know what I mean? And then I had people like walk into that life it was very intense. <laughs> the music was very intense. It was like walking to that person that doesn't have that story, you know, and um, because it's what you need to do and you need to be active, you need to actively participate, you know, in your life experience. You can't just float along being bumped back and forth, you know? So I think that is, it's that, that goes back to like asking those questions, you know, like all the way down. What does it mean? What does it mean? What happens if, you know, who, what, where, when, why, who told me this? Like, is this mine or, you know, no, usually it's like someone else fucking said something that didn't even mean that, but that's what your little brain thought it was. And then here you are <laughs> unworthy. <laughs> God, that's know. so true. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts because it's true. I feel attacked <laughs> right now. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're all like, it's all of us, right? Like, it's just, we're all doing the stuff together. Like some people are more yeah. aware some people aren't yet until they see this podcast. <laughs> Sweet. That was good. Look at us. 7.30. Does it feel complete? Feels pretty good. Like that was speaking of time, perfect timing. <laughs> Cause yeah, gotta go. But that, that, yeah, that felt complete to me. Cool. Well, if you guys enjoyed this, please share. And um, share with us if you have your, share with your, your experience with time. Like, do you experience time as not a thing? Or do you have a huge, <laughs> huge belief systems around time? And are you on a time schedule? And just share with us your thoughts about time. And um, our next, oh, we don't know when our next tea party is because we have to reschedule it. I was just going to announce it. Anyways, we're having a tea party <laughs> in... May. <laughs> what month is it? We totally have our lives together. <laughs> so if you want to join us, it's a live question and answer with me and Shaylee. And everyone comes together and we chat all things. And also we have our book club and we are going to in May have our conversation with the author that I can't remember her name right now. Tammy Billups. There we go. <laughs> very early and this is my first coffee and um and yeah a lot of exciting things happening so join i'll put the link in the show notes and we'll see you guys next time yeah